Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good tevach, a good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC and it is dedicated in love and memory of Rabbi Yasef Halevi Weinberg, Olav Shalom, Rabbi Moshe Pinchas Akoyen Katz, Olav Shalom, Rabbi Yael Akoyen Khan, Olav Shalom, and the schus and merit of Rabbi Zevi Cheskel, Hakoyen, and Risha Katz, Le'edich Yom Vishonim Tevis, for many long, healthy years. We're in the middle of chapter six of Tanya. Come to a piece that explains the very concept of Gdusha and its alter ego on the other end of the spectrum, its diametric opposite called Sitra Achra, the other side. And interestingly, the other side, as we learned, doesn't mean necessarily evil or even klipa, which is a husk, or tuma, impurity. Other side means as, as long as it's not on the side of Gdusha, it's already the other side. And Al-Tareb is explaining why. And this is all part of the context of chapter 6, which began to explain the anatomy of the animal soul. After chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5, discussing the divine soul, its faculties and its garments, we're learning here about the animal soul, its faculties and its garments. That it's all not dedicated to the divine-centric, but to egocentric and ego-consciousness. And anything that's not, toward, that's not directed toward God goes into this category. Things that defy God for sure. Like he said, all the things that are being done, whether it's in thought, speech, or action, that are going against what God wants, there's no question about it. But even if they're what he calls, like we learned, also go in this category. And to understand that, he explains what is Tzad Agdusha. So he says, Tzad Agdusha So let's go over that. And the holy side, the, sanct- the sacred side, which is what defines something as being holy, not just, we're not talking about profane and opposite of holy, impure. But even mundane that is not necessarily impure is not Gedush Hashishi's Baruch because the holy side includes Eina Ella is only but Ashra, a manifestation, Vamshacha, and a drawing down of God's holiness to be present. And how does that happen? How, where is God's holiness? God's higher reality. Where is that present? And God's presence and God's manifestation will only rest on a thing that has surrendered itself to Him. That is in some way committed and devoted itself to Him. So let's explain what this means. The very concept of a yesh is the identity of a human being or of any entity that feels, here I am. Think about your own sense. You wake up in the morning, what do you feel? You feel yourself. Throughout the day, you don't need to do any effort to feel your own self and your needs. 
You need to make an effort to feel someone else's needs, to empathize, to be compassionate, to be giving, to be kind. Now you can be a very kind person, but what's natural, the natural nature of the yesh of this world, and the yesh is a word in Chassidus, means the substance, but it really means a sense of self. Now that per se, you could say, what's, what's wrong with having a sense of self? We were created that way. As a matter of fact, it says, Chayecha Kaidmin. You have to take care of yourself. Adam Karavetzalatzme. And it's true. God made us be protective over ourselves. Because He wants us to have a sense of self, a sense of responsibility. The problems begin when the self becomes a, a self made person. You feel yourself made. Or you feel yourself independent of anything else. But the very fact that we are created in this world with that sense, that's the way we were created. The Aveda that we're going to work on, which is of course the whole point of Tanya, is to direct and harness the self toward God. But on its own, the self is a sitra akhra in that sense. It's another side. Why? Because it's not the high reality of godliness. Kedusha. When a person does something that we call is holy, or they sanctify themselves, kedushim tiyu, viskadashtem, that you sanctify yourself, kikodashani, because God is sacred, what are you doing? What does sanctity mean? It means you're not taking care of yourself only, you're not focused only on your own self-interest and your own egocentric consciousness, but you're directing it, like he says, you're surrendering it, your bottle. And that's where the Gedusha of the higher reality settles and rests within you. So it all comes down to if we allow ourselves to be a keli, like a clay reikon, an empty vessel, a receptacle to receive something greater than ourselves, that's the meaning of Gdusha. So Gdusha, we usually define Gdusha, holiness, sanctity, but we know also Gdusha is from the word Havdalah, separate. What means separate? Separate doesn't just mean, oh, this table is separate from this chair. Separate means beyond, above, transcendent. So as soon as you are focused on self, you're not in this transcendent state. Transcendence means you transcend yourself. We're not talking about annihilation, we're not talking about anything destructive. We're talking about transcending, suspending yourself in the face of something greater. That's the key ingredient to Kedusha. So to read again, That's the Tzadah Kedusha. So when a person, instead of taking care of their own needs, goes and says, I'm going to do a mitzvah, I'm going to direct my energy, my strength, and my abilities and faculties, my thought, speech, and action toward doing something that God wants, you are then essentially doing that. That's Ashrav Amshachemikdushase. And your bottle too. Bottle Etzlei is Baruch. And therefore, Enakosh Baruch. Hushayda Elal Davisha Bottle Etzlei is Baruch. So therefore, now you've become a receptacle, a channel for that higher presence. Simply put, you can be dedicated to yourself and your own needs, or you're dedicated to a cause greater than yourself, then you become an extension of that which is greater than yourself. That's the concept of Bittal. And that's a concept of how you draw the words he says, Hashra v'amshacha. Now the two words, Hashra v'amshacha, are interesting. Hashra is like from the word, Hashra sashchina. Hamshacha is from drawing down. So Hashra is like, in a sense, the manifestation of, or God vesting himself. And Hamshacha is the drawing down of this higher form of transcendence in, within yourself. That's Gedusha. But now to explain Let's get a, an example. Where do you see 
this level of devotion, dedication, commitment, as I mentioned, the Friedrich Rebbe is Maimir in Yiddish, the craft, the art of of devotion, of dedication, of commitment, where do we see it? She's now going to give two examples. One, we see it in actuality, and one, we see it in potential. In other words, bittel can be yeah, you're actually in that state, or you're in a state where you're capable of being that way. Meaning, even though you're not, but your, your wiring has that ability to be that way. And both of them become a keli, as we'll see in a moment. Obviously, just potential is not enough, but it's an important point, as the Altareb is going to explain. So let's read on now. So he says like this. So, like we just said. So, God does not manifest. His presence will only rest and, and reside and dwell on something which has committed bottle itself to him. And now he says, here we are. Bain Bapoyal Mamish. Either in a state of active state, this bittel, this subjugation, this commitment and devotion is an is a active state, an active conscious poel mamish. And where do we see that type of active bittel? Kimalochim el As it is always the case with the supernal angels. So malochim, we talk about malochim of the Ebishter, which are messengers of God, they're spiritual entities. They are constantly in a state, they are constantly in a state of bittel, of being dedicated to what God wants. Sometimes we talk it in a way that they are bottled in a way they're enraptured with God. Like when we say the malochim, like the srofim, the chayes akedish, and they find him, srofim. What means srofim? They burn with fiery love and passion to God. And the same with the other angels. So they're in an active state of, being, of, of serving God. That's called the Bain Bapel Mamish. The Bittl that he just spoke about is by these Malochim. Eisim be'ema be'yirer as the expression goes, as we say. Now comes, okay, that's a bitl b'poyl. And bain, that's bain b'poyl mamish, bain b'koyach. Another scenario is when it's not an actuality, but it's in a dormant state. B'koyach can mean dormant, it can mean potential. Where do we see b'koyach? And that he says, b'chol ish, k'chol ish Yisrael, Like it is with every Jewish person in Israel, down here in this world. Why does he say down here? Because obviously the neshamas above also have a state of active bittel, active. But but even though you may not see it in actuality, you see you see in actuality that you can see people are doing their own thing. Even a Jewish person. 
So what is Alter Rebbe saying? Shebekoiche. Li is bottle mamish legabe kodesh baruchu. By virtue of his soul, as we learned in chapter 2, what we learn about he's a child of God's, a son that comes from So the soul fundamentally is an extension of the divine. However, it doesn't always come into actualization. That's why it's It has the potential for complete commitment. Bittel. So, and and being absorbed or bitter, I said, suspending himself, commitment, devotion, dedication to God. To the point, to the point of by giving himself his life in martyrdom to God or for God. I'm going to learn about this later in chapters 18 and 19. Especially in 19, how every, every Jew has the power of Mesir Snefesh, and when push comes to shove, he actually acts on it. No, but, it's also, but it's in a potential state. But it's there. To say that it's not existence, like a talent that you have. It's an ingrained and inborn talent in the person it's there. Even if a person has, let's say, a musical talent, and they may never use it, or they rarely use it, that doesn't mean it's not there. And that's what he means, Bein B'Koyach. So Bein B'Poyel Mamish, in actuality, and now Bein B'Koyach, in a dormant or in a potential state. Because the power, B'Koyche, Kolish Yisrael, Lamata, has the capacity, the potential, to be completely dedicated. B'Mesidus Nafsheh, by giving his life on sanctifying God's name. He, it's interesting, he uses the word Gedusha Sashem, perhaps because he's talking before about Sdat Sada Gedusha. So even though Gedusha can be the sanctifying, but it also is like, so he's, a, he's basically a Bekoyach, bringing Gedusha into this world, even if he's not doing it actually right now. And now the Alter Rebbe brings proof to this. He brings proof. And also goes both ways, a proof to this point, but also the other way around. He's going to explain to Maimor Chazal two statements from our sages in that, 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 bring, that manifest and express this point. And that's why Razal say, our, that's why our sages say, "Shafila echad shuruya." Even when a single person sits and studies the Torah, the divine presence rests on him. This is in Pirkei Avos, in Avos, Ethics of the Fathers, Chapter Three, Mishnah Six. What do we see from this? The person may not be on the highest spiritual level. All he is is learning Torah. I don't want to say, I don't want to say that as a minimization, minim, minimize, minim, minimize that, obviously. But it means he's learning Torah. It doesn't mean he's sanctified his entire life. So no matter what his standing may be, but the Mishnah says clearly, Shechina Shriya. The Shechina rests on him. 
Why is that the case? Because like we just said, because whether he's actualizing or not actualizing, even if he's learning Teda and doesn't even have Bittal at the time, he still has that Koyach, the power to have Bittal. So even though he's put in this world and a Yesh, as we said before, by definition, the nature of, a human, of, an, of existence and consciousness, I should say, the nature of consciousness is self, self-oriented, but he has the potential at any time, which may lay dormant, to be bottle, and therefore the Shekhinah Shriya when he learns Torah. But now he's going to say an even stronger, a stronger proof, and a stronger expression of this. Then he continues, Another statement, which the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Lama Aleph 39a states, on any group of ten, Kol Be'asada, Kol, wherever ten come together, the divine presence rests. And he adds, Always. This is an addition from the Alter Rebbe. In other words, there's no conditions. Now here he doesn't even use the word learning Torah. As the Alter Rebbe actually explains later in Tanya, end of chapter 11, and especially in Agedes HaKedosh 23, that even if they don't learn Torah, the fact that they came together, the Shekhinah rests. So in the first statement, you can say, why does the Shekhinah rest? Because they're learning Torah. But as he explained, learning Torah doesn't mean they're completely, the person is completely bottled. So it is a proof, and it also manifests and expresses this idea. But now it goes even further. Even if they're not learning Torah, how is it possible to say the Shekhinah rests there? Because the people that have gathered together have an Ashama. And that, by virtue of that neshama, they have the koyach of bitl, even if they don't actualize it. And that's why the shekhinah rests there in a, in a real way. So the actual shekhinah rests in an actual way, even though there's no actual bitl, bapoyal mamish, like by the malachim, but, but it's there bekoyach. So we see from this that the concept of gedusha is not only there when you actually have the bitl, also when it's bekoyach. So tremendous chiddush, but also explains so many different ideas of why we can always draw that level of God's holiness or God's, it could say, the transcendence into our existence. Because bekoyach means it's just there, it's just beneath the surface. It's not when you say dormant, it's not means it's somewhere removed. And that's why we actually see, as he explains later in chapter 19, that we see martyrdom even by Jews throughout history who were not observant. And you did not see, but when, when was, they were challenged, you saw the psyche, the inner dimension of their soul emerge, and they were ready to give their lives, and gave their lives, al-Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name. So we're not just talking about some type of concept. It actually happens, and has happened. Thank God we don't have to do it in the physical sense today, but it has happened. And that koyach also creates the receptacle, the channel, to draw down this higher level of Gedusha. So from these both my mother Chazal, we see this idea, and we also understand the Chazal, these, these statements of the Talmud, of the Mishnah and the Talmud, in this clear fashion. But now comes the other side of things. So now once the Alter Rebbe said the stage, what Gedusha is, what Sada Gedusha is, that it's about Bittl, which again is a, a, a tremendous 
encapsulation, this alone you can spend so much time on and appreciating its value because it really explains in two lines what the nature of life is. On one hand, we have an egocentric consciousness, self-consciousness about self, and that does not allow the divine transcendence and of a higher reality manifest in us, but we also have the ability, the power, the potential to get there and the malachim actual, actual, have it actually, which is one of the reasons there are malachim, to be like a role model of what actual bitl is like. But now we can understand the rest of consciousness, how our consciousness works. So it says, So now by contrast, an entity that lacks, that lacks this dedication and commitment to something greater than itself. Anything, however, which has not subjugated, which has not committed itself and devoted itself and dedicated itself and its ego to God. But rather, it's a separate entity. It perceives itself as a separate entity to itself. Self-contained. Even if it's not doing anything evil. The mere fact it's self-contained and not seeing itself as a channel for a higher consciousness, for a higher reality, this type of entity will not receive its energy, its sustenance, its life energy from God's transcendent holiness. Because it's like a cup. You're filled up. You have no room for anything else. How could you draw down and manifest higher reality, higher state of consciousness, if your consciousness, if you're satisfied and happy with your state of being in your comfort zone? There's no room for it. You don't have room within yourself. Which really is an essence, if you think about it, we'll learn it later, a lot later in chapter 32 in Tanya, love, healthy love, is that you leave space and you allow yourself to get out of your own material and self-interest and focus on a transcendent reality which allows someone else into your life. Not just as a need of yours, a selfish need, but on the contrary, opening yourself up to something greater than yourself. So anything that does not do that does not receive its sustenance from Now this doesn't mean it doesn't receive sustenance. The fact that it exists, the mere fact that it exists tells you that something is sustaining it. And the Altareb explains what that means. What sustains it. So what does it mean from So now he's adding not only that we're manifesting holiness, we're actually receiving energy from that transcendent state, removed and, and transcendent state. So what does he mean? He explains. To receive energy from Gdusha means that it's, re- that it's ex- reaching, it's endless and it's translated from the innermost or the inner. The Panimius Hagdusha, the innermost dimensions of the divine, which means the transcendent, not as the divine conceals himself and conceals godliness in creating something. So just to use an example, think of um, an artist. Artist creates art. Now, of course, art doesn't have free will. But the art, think of the art consciousness of the art. 
or musical notes that are not listening to what the composer or the person who's playing the notes is playing. For example, if, if piano keys would decide to talk back or say, you know what, we're not interested in following your guidelines. Just for an example, what do you have? You have that these, the entity exists, but it can't be receiving energy from the innermost soul, so to speak, and passion of the composer or of the artist. So it doesn't come from All these different expressions all indicate so-called the godliness in its full glory. So to translate, meprimis means inner, umuhusavatsmusa is the essential core, and bakvedibaatsma would mean with its glory or its splendorous, um, basically as, as God is in his fullest splendorous mag- uh, majesty, if you wish. Bekveidah ba'atzma is an expression, bekveidah ba'atzma, with his honor and himself, fully invested in it. Because the entity has closed itself off. It's like thinking of, uh, God forbid, there's a blockage in an artery. So even though this heart is pumping blood, but what's happening is the artery's blockage doesn't allow it to flow in. It's flowing in, but not flowing in, with, with, in, the full, in, the, with, with full, in full glory, with the full intensity. The same thing here. Something that is not bottle and devoted and dedicated may get some energy, and it will get energy, as he's going to explain in a moment, how it gets the energy. But let's first talk about, but it's not getting energy. Let's say the general of our commander-in-chief of an army, and there's somebody who's not really following orders. So we're not talking, let's say he's not even defying orders, but he's not really fully dedicated. So the, the, the commander-in-chief or the general or the, his superior may hold him on the team for whatever reason and give him some bare sustenance, something minimal, but he's not getting the full attention. In the same sense here, if you want the full experience of the transcendent divine and holiness, you have to have, it has to be from the Tzadak Dusha, where there's the bitl and the commitment. A student that's not fully committed to his teacher is going to get perhaps a flow some type of narrow flow, but not the full glory, not the full intensity. So really, really elaborating all the different elements that are being invested in it. So where does he get the energy from? From its backside. This is an expression from Kabbalah. In other words, not from the front. It's not like if I give you a gift, I look at you, I smile at you, there's a loving gaze, and I give you a gift. If I throw it over my shoulder, or I give it to you like just, in, just as, a, as, a, as an afterthought, you're getting the energy, but you're not getting the full me. In this case, what's happening is, this sitra akhra, because it doesn't have this bitl, it's not getting the full glory, the full majesty, the full, uh, the full thing from Mkhinis from his from his backside. And he's going to explain what that means. Where's this backside energy coming from? It's a life force. But it's a life force of these impure things, the things that are the other side, that descend from the initial holy source, from the root, step by step, step by step, gradation by gradation, tens of thousands of levels of times, through the spiral, through the evolution of the spiral of the structure of the cosmic order of of the spiritual worlds. 
Not only does it go down all these levels, but it's coming in a diminished state through cause and effect, but diminishments many times over. To the point that you have this minimal line of energy going into it to giving it life and sustenance. But it's on a very minimalistic level. So we'll stop here and we'll continue and elaborate on this next week's shir. Everyone have a good tevoch. TanyaApply.com is where you can find all these programs. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapplied.com for archived classes and more resources.